It is highly likely that you've never questioned the United States government's technique at interrogating suspected terrorists, considering that the news has sensationalized and frankly talked extremely highly of the United States and its fight against the war on terror. We're very familiar with the attacks of 9-11 on the World Trade Center and the publicized overthrow of bin Laden at his compound in Pakistan, both of which were extremely present in the media. What most Americans don't know about is the violation of human rights in the hands of the CIA in response to terror attacks at covert detention centers called black sites abroad. Even though America has always been considered the beacon of democracy and freedom, behind the scenes, America doesn't shine very bright and has violated several international human rights agreements. This was exposed in the movie called The Report, which was directed by Scott Burns and starred Adam Driver, who played the character Daniel Jones, a Senate staffer who was tasked with uncovering interrogation techniques of the CIA following 9-11. While the movie doesn't address all aspects of the operation, it is extremely powerful at displaying the fact that even the CIA, a very trusted government agency, has been involved in scandals which have ultimately tarnished America's reputation. In the film, Daniel Jones is sent to a covert operations center in Virginia, and he is teamed up with a group of individuals three Democrats, and three Republicans to investigate U.S. counterterrorism. Immediately, the film makes it clear that the CIA is suspicious because when Daniel Jones asks why there's no paper in the room that he's working in, the CIA officer says, quote, paper has a way of getting people in trouble at our place. The film does a good job at painting the CIA in a poor light, but it makes it clear that the CIA is, quote, the tip of the spear in the fight against al-Qaeda. In the film, John Rizzo, the CIA's legal counsel claimed that, quote, the president, President Bush, had issued a memorandum of notification giving the CIA the power to capture and detain suspected terrorists, end quote. While this claim is accurate, the extent to which suspected terrorists could be detained and interrogated was unclear and ultimately led to violations from the CIA. After Bush's memorandum, black sites were created which served as detention centers for suspected terror suspects on foreign soil. The film first introduced a black site called Detention Site Green, which was established in 2002 and was the place that the new interrogation techniques were used. While the agent named Ali Soufan in the film believed in a moral interrogation technique called rapport building, in which the agent gets close to the detainee so that he reveals information, the CIA employed contractors who utilized a new approach. The hired contractors were ex-Air Force psychologists named Jim Mitchell and Bruce Jessen in the film. They explained a new form of interrogation called SEER interrogations, which were, quote, reverse engineered to induce learned helplessness in the detainees, end quote. Furthermore, they claimed the techniques induced debility, dependency, and dread through techniques like the, quote, attention grasp, walling, facial hold, facial slap, cramped confinement, wall standing, stress positions, sleep deprivation, waterboarding, insects, and mock burials, end quote. While the techniques were adopted by the CIA, they violated agreements made at the Geneva Convention in 1929 and 1949. Section 17 in Article 5 of the Geneva Convention in 1929, quote, forbids physical or mental torture or any form of coercion to secure information of any kind whatsoever, end quote. Additionally, quote, Articles 34 through 38 guarantee to prisoners the enjoyment of religious, intellectual, and physical activities 
and require for facilities to be furnished for out-of-doors exercise, end quote. Several of the enhanced interrogation techniques deemed EITs contradict the laws in that the detainees were shown to be malnourished, beaten, stripped of their clothing, and worst of all, waterboarded. Waterboarding, which was historically used against Filipino prisoners in the Philippine-American War, is a practice where the prisoner is basically drowned as water is poured on their face for over 25 seconds. Furthermore, the contractor shaved a detainee's beard, which contradicts Articles 34 through 38, since facial hair is a form of religious identity in Muslim men. The Geneva Convention in 1949 also made it clear that detainees were subject to a fair trial and outlined that, quote, in no event may he be tried by any court not offering the essential guarantees of independence and impartiality generally recognized, nor under procedure which fails to accord the rights of defense set forth in Article 105. The latter article gives him the right to freely choose counsel, to call witnesses, and to the services of a competent interpreter. Should he or, be the, should he or she be the protecting power fail to select counsel, the detaining power must find one for him. Other provisions ensure that this counsel will have opportunity to prepare an adequate defense along with the right of appeal. End quote. While the contractors and their designed EITs violate the Geneva Convention, their treatment was justified by people at top levels of the CIA, which allowed for their stamp of approval. After reading the actual report, called the Report of the Select Senate Committee on Intelligence Committee Study of the Central Intelligence Agency's Detention and Interrogation Program, it detailed the ways in which the CIA forced the EITs through and justified their legality. The document stated that, quote, future CIA detention facility would have to meet U.S. prison standards and that the CIA detention and interrogation operations should be tailored to meet the requirements of U.S. law and the federal rules of criminal procedure, adding that specific methods of interrogation would be permissible so long as they generally comport with commonly accepted practices deemed lawful by U.S. courts, end quote. Although the program initially honored U.S. law, the program twisted what was previously considered inhumane into acceptable treatment by saying that the suspected terror detainees are, quote, enemy combatants, end quote, and don't have the same rights as other detainees. In terms of actually detaining and interrogating suspects, the document states, quote, DDO issued a blanket approval for the CIA to determine who poses the requisite continuing serious threat of violence or death to U.S. persons and interests or who are planning terrorist activities, end quote. This shows how the CIA had full control over detaining and interrogating suspects, which allowed for it to go against what was right without intervention from other government agencies. Also, since, quote, headquarters had expanded the authority beyond the language of the MON and instructed CIA personnel that it would be appropriate to detain individuals who might not be high-value targets in their own right, but could provide information on high-level targets, end quote, the CIA was able to detain suspects who weren't known to be targets at all. This was evident with Ghoul Rockman, the detainee at detention site Cobalt in the film. CTC had much to say on this in the report. Their statement reads as follows. There must be an articulable basis on which to conclude that the actions of a specific person whom we propose to capture and or detain pose a serious threat of violence or death to U.S. persons or interests or that the person is planning a terrorist activity. 
we are not permitted to detain someone merely upon a suspicion that he or she has valuable information about terrorists or planned acts of terrorism. Similarly, the mere membership in a particular group or the mere existence of a particular familiar tie does not necessarily connote that the threshold of continuing serious threat has been satisfied." End quote. On another note, John Yu, the Deputy Assistant Attorney General of the United States, commented on the EITs and their legality. He said that, quote, torture requires that the interrogator intends to cause severe pain or suffering, but the intent with the enhanced interrogation techniques is to gain intel, not to cause harm, end quote. He continues by saying that 2340 doesn't define severe and that to constitute torture, the, quote, the damage done must rise to the level of organ failure, impairment of bodily function, or death, end quote. This loophole in the definition of torture and counterterrorism proved to justify the EITs and justify the inhumane practices to continue under the CIA, which in fact led to deadly consequences. In detention site Cobalt, a detainee named Gul Rockman was treated so inhumanely that his hands and feet were chained to a bolt on the floor, and he eventually died of hypothermia from getting frigid water dumped on him. If you claim that torture requires organ failure, impairment of bodily function, or death, doesn't this detainee's death constitute torture? If so, why wasn't this investigated, and why were the officers and contractors involved not charged? Daniel Jones told to Senator Feinstein, the senator who put Daniel to work on the investigation, and he rightfully claimed that the CIA covered up a murder. Additionally, after he died, it was uncovered that he had no ties to KSM, a leader of Al-Qaeda, and the only thing that he revealed during his detention was his name. At this point in the film, Daniel Jones's group had dwindled to two people, and the Department of Justice halted their investigation into the terror interrogations. The media sensationalized bin Laden's capture and said it wouldn't be possible without unique information which the CIA gained from interrogations. Also, Cheney went on air and said that EITs played a major role in leading up to the raid on bin Laden's compound. Daniel Jones was more confident than ever in his investigation, and so was Feinstein, who angrily said that, quote, oversight and accountability, end quote, were necessary for the CIA. Jones was disturbed by the fact that the contractors were allowed to review the effectiveness of their own programs without scientific evidence, as well as the fact that U.S. taxpayers paid $80 million to, to fund their faulty programs. He explained that the EITs, which they employed, made detainees, quote, impossible to prosecute, end quote, because if their treatment ever went to court, the case would be, quote, over. At this point, Jones had got his hands on the Panetta Review, which was a secret internal review conducted by the director of the CIA, which condemned some of the enhanced interrogation techniques, which were used like waterboarding. This classified document, which the CIA claimed Jones had stolen from hacking into the CIA's database, the most secure database in the world, proved to get Jones into some legal trouble. His lawyer made the argument that the CIA would persecute Jones under the Espionage Act and the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, but also explained that he could get around it by using the media. As a result, Jones talked to the national security reporter for the New York Times, who made a report about the CIA's violations the next day. At this point, the CIA negotiated with Jones and allowed for the report to be published, but only with specific names, places, and dates blacked out. Even though Jones used pseudonyms in his report, the CIA still feared that its officers would be exposed for wrongdoing. The CIA also wanted to protect the identities of the contractors, 
even though they had publicly expressed that they worked for the CIA and their interrogation techniques were extremely ineffective. The decision to actually release the report was controversial because if the report which frowned on counterterrorism technique was to be released and another terrorist attack occurred, the Democrats who supported easing interrogation techniques would be, quote, booted from the House. Also, its release could be potentially dangerous for detained Americans on foreign soil because the torture techniques could potentially be used on them. Ultimately, the report was released and it prompted the McCain-Feinstein Amendment in 2015. The amendment was created by Senator John McCain, a Republican from Arizona, and Senator Dianne Feinstein, a Democrat from California. The amendment being crafted by two different political parties shows that the issue was truly bipartisan and was more of a human rights compromise rather than a political one. The amendment's objectives were, quote, to restrict interrogation techniques to those authorized in the Army Field Manual and to require access for the International Committee of the Red Cross to detainees in U.S. government custody, which is current U.S. policy, end quote. McCain spoke on the amendment saying, quote, I believe past interrogation policies compromised our values, stained our national honor, and did little practical good. This amendment provides greater assurances that never again will the United States follow that dark path of sacrificing our values for our short-term security needs, end quote. It is good that America has finally accepted its faults and is focused on being a leader to the world and following human rights guidelines so that other nations follow in its footsteps to create a more humane world.